Welcome to the Football Fig Nuts Fantasy Football Podcast Super Bowl Edition. This is Season 6, Episode 27, Total Combined Episodes 266. I'm Cinch. My name is Britt. And I'm Craig. And gentlemen, we are here. The Cinch is doing a fantastic job with our opening. We brought him in because the Super Bowl is too big for just two men to, to hick on themselves. As the great Dan Deardorff once said, this is the biggest game I have ever been a part of. Which <laughs> it's because it's the biggest game that most people will ever be a part of. But that's right. So that is right. Gentlemen, how are you? I'm good. How are you good? I'm good. How are you? I just opened a beer, so I'm doing fantastic. Sage, how are you? Things are going great. I'm just happy to be here. Want to help out any way I can. So happy <laughs> to have you. So let's just jump right into it because there's a ton to talk about with this game. Let's start it where we always start. Start with Cinch. Cinch, what are you drinking tonight? Well, I'll tell you what I'm drinking. I have a bottle of Christmas wine is what I like to call it because that's the only time I get wine is Christmas time. And then I drink it throughout the year. So I have some red wine that is Lobo E. Falco. Okay. F-A-L-C-A-O. It is Wolf and Falcon is the translation. Hmm. It is a 2019 Portuguese wine, oh. and it's very good. Very good. So so because you only get wine at Christmas, is by definition then every wine is a Christmas wine? Yes, every wine that I drink. Gotcha. Gotcha. Craig, what are you I, drinking tonight? I, so tonight I went to the, you know, the, the local package store, if you will. Your connection? Yes, and I only went there for like two things, but I came back with four things. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> yeah, right? Because you know what it is? There's a lot of like, you know, everything's a four pack mostly now. And mm -hmm. like, there's only like one or two of something that you know you're going to like or want it to try. Then you're like, damn, if I don't get it now, if I come back in a week, it's not going to be here. It's gone. Yep. Right. And then you're not going to see it till next year or never again. So, mm hmm. Um, so tonight I have something that is called Imperial Stout, Imperial, it's an Imperial Stout with cinnamon buns. It is Santa Claus by Fat Orange Cat. Oh. Um, I saw this before and didn't get it, and then I, I saw it again today and was the only four-pack left, and I'm like, I'm gonna get it. So I think I'm, Christy liked that. I'm gonna open it right now and pour it in a glass. Do it up. Sounds While you're doing that. Yeah, sounds good. I'm going to tell you guys, I am drinking an elaborate metaphor. Not actually like an elaborate. <laughs> the, the name of the beer is Elaborate Metaphor. And it is by Burlington Brewing. Ooh. It's a New England IPA. And it is not, it's it's actually very different than what I expected, but it's not bad. Hmm. It's not bad. Cinch, I'm sorry you couldn't join us on Sunday. Craig and I did go to Two Roads, and we did sample this year's Igor's Dream, which is their special limited edition stout. We did. Ironically, I would love to have gone, but my my invite was last minute. and It was. My uh, immediate supervisor had plans for me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear that. I hear that. You know what? You, you you did miss it. You did miss out on a a beer that was aged on Brazilian wood that tasted yeah. like rotting corpses. Okay, now see, here's the weird oh, thing. Here, oh. it, well, well, here's the weird thing. So there were three of them to sample. Three variations. Three variations. Yeah. There was a standard one, the Brazilian one, and then one with like uh, what was it chili and cocal? 
right? Chili, cacao, and vanilla and cinnamon. Right. So the standard one, I think we, you know, we were both like, okay, this is fine. Okay, now, wait, is that the standard one? There's the standard a standard, one was, yeah. It was a standard stout, but it was aged in rye and bourbon barrels. What, no, the one that you just said, though, with the, the chili and the vanilla. and No, no, no that's... So it's another one. The okay, weird thing is, usually Britt and I are like mostly similar with the beers we like, other than with the exception of stouts. Like we'll take that out of it or sours because right. I like those. But standard beer, we pretty much like right. the same thing. I really enjoyed the Brazilian one that Britt oh said God. did not like, and I really did not care for the uh, chili one, which I thought was the smoothest of the bunch. It's weird. The Brazilian wood one literally tasted like someone aged their beer in hay. And to me, it tasted like iced coffee. So that Christie's exact words were this tastes like a dirty barnyard. See, now I, I kind of trust Christie's taste because I think I like a lot that she likes and I like a lot that Craig likes. Ooh, so now I'm confused. <laughs> oh, so it's so if you like it, she didn't like it. I don't know. <laughs> so what I'm hearing is tomorrow after work we have to stop by two roads and see if we can still get the variants that Cinch can try them and tell us which one of us is nuts. <laughs> yes. Although with yes. our luck, Cinch would be like, eh, I like them both. He'd be like, <laughs> I like, like the, he'd be like, I like the standard one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As long as it's not unicorn farts, I'm on board. Yeah, I saw that in the store the other day, and I thought of you. That was cracking me up. I still so. have three in my fridge, you know, whenever I see you guys. Well, what I would do if I were you, you have a wedding this weekend, right? Yes. So congratulations. That Cinch's daughter is getting married this weekend, so congratulations. Yeah, Super Bowl Sunday. Thanks. So, so you're going to need to take those beers with you because desperate times call for desperate measures. And as I'm, bad as that beer may be, you're going to need it. Not that desperate. Wow. wow, that's bold. That's bold. I don't think I could. You know how you have a beer and maybe like the one you're talking about, Britt, that you didn't think was good. Yeah. If I went to the bar with you and I got it and I said, no, this is really good. Wouldn't you take another taste just to maybe you were off that one time? That That's actually exactly what happened. Yeah. Unicorn farts. I don't care how off I was that one time. I'm not drinking another one of them. Wow. I have a thing with glitter and beer. I don't want I don't want edible glitter in anything. <laughs> I didn't in my life. Anything. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. What about gold slogger that has edible gold in it? That's not those that's not that's not glitter. That's gold. All right, fair. Fair. <laughs> tastes <laughs> like success. Tastes like victory. <laughs> it it tastes it tastes like victory. It tastes like success. I know it, you know it. Everybody knows it. But anyway, um but you know what? No, that that's different to me. And and for me, when I drink Goldschlager, which is far and few between, but now that you mentioned it, I might need to get a bottle for the Super Bowl this weekend. Um, <laughs> when I drink Goldschlager, I feel like I'm actually doing something healthy because gold is a mineral. True. And my body could probably use more minerals. <laughs> now, that being said, I wouldn't go out and eat uranium, but it is what it is. All right, burning hot takes. Let's move on. Let's do some burning hot takes. Let's start with our guest. Cinch, what is burning in the back of your mind tonight with regards to the Super Bowl? I defer. Come to me last. I might take wow. a little long. This is like this is like when you vote for like the Speaker of the House. You can defer until the end if you want. <laughs> so okay, so so then we go to the distinguished gentleman from Bridgeport. <laughs> that's, um, that's you, Craig. <laughs> no, it's me. Sorry. Sorry. Um, but no, really quick with the beer, because it, it's done in the glass. Um 
It's very, very smooth, and it tastes like a Cinnabon. Ooh. Like, well, that's that's terrible news because you could drink a lot of that. You can, and it's like um, really quick here. Percent is it dangerous? That's what Christy talks about. When something it's is so nine point one percent. Okay, is it dangerous at nine one point nine point one? Um, for me, this is a dessert, but I could see it being dangerous for people. Because that's yes. that's how my wife that's how my wife Christy categorizes beer. If something is high ABV and it's so smooth you can't tell it's, it's high ABV. It's very smooth and it tastes like cinnamon sugar. So, wow. is it too sweet to have multiple cans? Um, for me, I'm very sensitive to things that are sweet. I could probably yes, drink another is. one of these. Like, that's a great okay. question, Cinch. That's a great question. Gee, thanks. Did, did you get like a four pack of that? I did. Okay, bring one bring one on Sunday. We'll give it to Sean. Shall. <laughs> so, all right. Burning all right. hot takes. Craig, all you're right. up. My burning hot take. Now, listen, everyone. This is going to set like I'm trying not. This is trying to not sound biased because I'm a Bengals fan. Brady's a Chiefs Here fan. Fucking go. Right. Okay. Cinch is, Cinch is the mediator in this. Okay. <laughs> Why did my mouse disappear? Anyway, Why do I feel like I'm in marriage counseling Sunday? Because <laughs> we are. Um, okay. So game aside, you know, the Bengals did not play as well as they could have, and they lost. Fine. Uh-huh. Am I blaming the refs for the Bengals yeah. losing directly? No. But I think overall that was probably one of the worst officiated games I have ever watched in general. It was just bad. It was. And Roger Goodell has said, and I quote, the officiating of the NFL has never been better. I call bullshit, and he is just saying whatever Jerry Jones wants him to say. Um, and that's that's pretty much it. Um, I just think the NFL has a terrible, overall, general terrible problem with officiating. It's horribly, horribly inconsistent. Mm-hmm. And these guys, as much as the NFL wants to say they're full-time, they're not. They have other jobs. They don't yes. care. They don't care, really. Um, and I just think that it just it shows. And anytime it's brought up, that the NFL just is like, nah, whatever. That was it. That that's my burning hot take. Really, you can go with it. Whatever. So I'll I'll, I'll, res- <laughs> I'll respond. Craig is absolutely right that the the freaking officiating was so bad in that game. I, even as a Chief fan, I felt like it was uneven. Um, and I I just I. Did it cost the Bengals a game? No. But I'll disagree with Craig on one point. I think the Bengals played a hell of a game. This is like the fourth time these teams have gone head-to-head in the last two or three seasons. It is. Where three minutes left in the game, it can go either way. True. Yep. And that that is that is really good freaking football to me. And that is what I want to see. Now, keeping in mind that my Chiefs have been on the losing end of those games three out of four times. This is the one time we've beaten Joe Burrow. So, yep. you know, I, I, I'm just I'm I applauded the Bengals for their 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 actions on Sunday, um, you know, and, and I know a lot of people, including Craig. Craig was very upset that Travis Kelsey was running his mouth afterwards. Just, just, listen, we haven't talked. We haven't talked on the pod since that that all happened. You don't go in to somebody's stadium and call it Burrowhead and don't expect some, you know, kickback when you get that to happen. True. Yeah. So that's that's to me that was even I like looked at I was like Travis is Travis classless? Oh yeah. Travis Kelsey's a, is is classless. He's the guy who who stands over you while you're knocked out on the floor and taunts you. 
no question. You know, but that I, I, what I'm what I am grateful for is that it looks like for the first time since the Colts and Patriots were both good at the same time, we have an honest to goodness rivalry in the AFC. And that makes me very excited for next year and years going forward. And, and, and yeah, I mean, I've been on the other side of this. Last year I was on the other side of this, and I was grumpy, and I'm not going to blame anybody for being grumpy or not. But, yeah, I agree with Craig that the officiating was terrible. Roger Goodell is talking out of his ass, but that is nothing new. So we just, we hope, listen, all eyes in the league are going to be in, 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 on the officials this weekend. These officials better have the game of their lives or they're going to wake up with their asses in the jackpot. <laughs> well, I, I have a lot to add because that was a lot right there. It was a number, lot. Number one, I agree, the officiating was bad. And it goes beyond that's a flag or that's not a flag. When they all gather together yeah, and it, and it really looks like they have no idea what they're doing, that doesn't, mm-hmm. <laughs> perception is reality. These True. guys don't know what they're doing. <laughs> So that's number one. Number two, yes, you have this generation's Brady Manning and Burrow Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And both teams will most likely win their division for the next five years, you know, give or take eight, nine, ten years. So that means you'll see them playing every season. And every season when they play, that will be a Monday night or a Thursday night or whatever game. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Um did you see, just on a quick side note, their uh, Monday night games will now be uh, just like the Sunday night game where they could switch the game if it doesn't look too good? Yes, that's a good oh, idea. Really? Oh. Yeah, that's going to be starting this next year. <clears throat> and then my final thought on what Craig said, uh, to finish, if you look at the rest of <laughs> Goodell's quote when it gets to the bottom there, <laughs> he says, uh, uh, NFL officiating... We could we be better or do we want to be better or something? He says, You betcha. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> how who, can who you, that way? How can you, you say it's never been better, but then say it could be better? <laughs> because it's an acknowledgement that it's always been crappy. Uh, all right. And that, all right. You know, <laughs> well, look, it, the problem it, is they take the best side judge and they take the best yeah. end zone, you know, the best referee that. They don't take a team. You got to mm-hmm. have a team of officials that know each other. You know, you you see the look in the guy's eye, and you know what he's doing. You know if he has the penalty and he's sure of it, or you know, I'm not 100 percent sure. What did you see? But I threw the flag. You know, it's yeah. a group that works together. Does and they don't do that. So. Does baseball? Does baseball do that? The crews stay together, don't they? No, they don't. Baseball is the same thing. They mix it up. But if I recall correctly, if the the if you if you officiate in baseball in the playoffs, your the crew you're with is throughout the playoffs. I don't know about that because they have an additional uh, umpire in like left field and right field that they right. don't have. It's six, and then you know they have the uh, the review umpire, the review the guy that judges the review mm-hmm. is an umpire. Right. And they have like a crew that does that, that alternates. I don't know. Who the hell knows? Well, I, I think can't yeah. tell what the hell they're doing. I, if I remember correctly, and I could be wrong, once the playoffs start, that's when they bring in those extra two on the field guys in yes. addition to the booth guy. So even so the the team, the, the crew that goes to the World Series 
has at least had a couple of games together as opposed to the Super Bowl where it's like these guys may have not called the game together in like five or six years. Right. Yeah, but you know what? In in baseball, you're never close to the other umpire. Mm. And uh, aside from did he Fair swing point. or did he not swing, you're not really asking the other guy what happened or what he thought. Mm-hmm. True. Maybe like a home run call, but you get that reviewed automatically. So yeah, I guess you're really just asking if he if the batter swung or not is the most, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, in most cases, yes. <clears throat> but uh. Britt, yeah, Britt, yeah, what is your what is your question, Britt? My burning hot take. So I don't know if you guys have heard, but there's a headline on Chiefs Wire, which is the USA Today page for the Kansas City Chiefs, entitled Jamal Charles has a special delivery for Chiefs <laughs> Kingdom. Should the team win Super Bowl 57? <laughs> My first thought when I saw this headline is, is Jamal Charles going to drop his pants and actually take a dump in the middle of Kansas City or something? No, it's not that. It's not that nefarious. <laughs> Bud Light is going to pay Jamal Charles oh God. to stand in downtown Kansas City during the Super Bowl with two fully stocked Bud Light trucks. <laughs> if the Chiefs win... Jamal Charles will open the trucks and anyone who is in downtown Kansas City gets free Bud Light until the Bud Light is gone. Wow. Didn't they do that? What did they do that for? They they had like locked fridges everywhere. Cleveland, the The Browns, Browns. when they went 20-something games without a win. Yep. As soon as they won, they were going to open up the coolers. (laughs) Put like six in the stadium and like another six around Cleveland. And they did a whole thing where, yeah, the Browns broke their losing streak. Now, so just because you can't do one side without the other, they have also hired, (laughs) wait, hold on, Brian Westbrook. Oh, my God. To stand outside two two locked Bud Light trucks in Philadelphia. I hope they hired security. So here is my question for you, gentlemen. This is the question I I want to ask as part of this burning hot take. Who is in more physical jeopardy should their team win? Brian Westbrook or Jamal Charles? Oh, it's Jamal Charles. <laughs> Why? Oh, I uh, strongly disagree. Yeah, I would just. Say, so I want to hear your reasoning first. And we'll go well, say. my thing if he's if he is in downtown and at a bear truck that's about to be unlocked with a bunch of people who are happy their team just won, who are probably already drunk. That's my that's my reasoning. It's like a it's like a drunk zombie apocalypse kind of scenario. You're not going to be drunk in Philly. See, here's the thing. That's also true. (laughs) In Philly, and this is true, I'm not making this up, they grease the poles because they they don't want the people to climb up on the (laughs) poles. They don't do that in Kansas City. It's a valid point. Yeah, no. I think the more interesting question is the guy that's there with the truck with the team that loses, (laughs) who's, who's in more jeopardy? So I have it in my head. That let's just say, okay, again, I'm an optimist. I'm a Chiefs fan and an optimist. The game is running down. The Chiefs are kneeling out the ball. In my mind's eye, I see Brian Westbrook running up to the passenger side of one of the trucks, reaching inside of a window and screaming, go, 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 as he pulls out a sawed-off shotgun and starts (laughs) shooting into the air so that they could just pull out. (laughs) 
That's what I have in my ear. Now, is is it different if Philly wins? No. Jamal Charles pulls out his shot, puts two shots in the air, and they speed off. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they, I mean, yeah, what's the stop if like 40, if like 100, 200 people show up in downtown? But here's the thing. It's Bud Light. I, I, I wouldn't go out for it. Yeah, if no, I, it, if it'd I be more of just like a... It would be more of a thing like, oh, I was there when that happened kind of thing. Not so much for, for Bud Light. If I looked out my window right now and saw a Bud Light truck standing unlocked and unguarded, <laughs> I would not go near it. I have too well, much respect I mean, for myself. Free beer is free beer. Bud Light is not beer. Uh, it's watered down beer like stuff. What if it what if it was a broken down true. what if it was a broken down New Park truck? Then would you then go? You can, you, then, then the FBI would be investigating whether or not I caused the breakdown in order to make it accessible. It would be this would be like Ocean's Eleven for a beer truck robbery. Since what have you got for us tonight? Okay, so I want to run through a schedule of uh-huh. games for you guys. Now, the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. Obviously, a good team. The Bengals missed out by one game. Obviously a good team. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to throw some games at you and you tell me, or you don't even have to just keep track yourself how many losses you would have. Okay, you I'm just, gonna, let me get my pen here. I got so it. So this is your each of your teams, okay? Your first game is at the Lions, okay? Your second game is home to the Vikings. Your third game at Washington, okay? Home mm-hmm. to Jacksonville. At Arizona, home to Dallas, home to the Steelers, at the Texans, home to Washington, at the Colts, home to Green Bay, home to the Titans, at the Giants, at the Bears, at the Cowboys, home for the Saints, home for the Giants. I just read to you the Eagles schedule. Oh my so god. How many really? how many losses did each of your teams have for that schedule? I had three. I had fourteen and three. What about you, Craig? <clears throat> He's drunk. He can't drink. Yeah. <laughs> no, He's, I he has been drinking all day. I have been. I have been. I had, I had a big car repair, so yes. Um Yeah, I would no more than four losses, really. Right. The reason I bring that up is not to knock the Eagles in any way. What they've done this year has been great. Good for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are the Eagles any good? <laughs> well, and I I'm mean, glad you went here because I was listening. I, I, you know, again, I'm a Chiefs fan. I've been sitting here the entire time watching the uh, the line. And everybody being like, oh, my God, the Eagles are going to just completely destroy them. Big, big win, blah, 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 blah. And then I listened to the opening drive this week on on Sirius XM. And Charlie Weiss is one of the contributors there. And if you ever want to meet Cinch's long last long lost brother in terms of voice, it's Charlie Weiss. (laughs) Their mannerisms are exactly the same. You ask Cinch a question, he answers it in the exact same mannerisms as Charlie Weiss. So I maybe the same person. Oh my god, my mind is blown. <laughs> but Charlie Weiss's perspective was: listen, they play in the NFC East. Everybody there is pretty much on the same level, except for the Commanders, who don't know what they're doing. They beat the Vikings. 
big deal. Everybody beats the Vikings. They go in there and they beat the Giants. Big deal. They beat the Giants twice. Then they go into San Francisco, and San Francisco's got nobody healthy, and they advance to the Super Bowl. You know, I I just I I haven't seen anything from Jalen Hurts since he hurt his shoulder that tells me he's gonna throw a good game. And I went, you know, he's got a point. So I went and I I just wanted to go and take a look at the numbers for Jalen Hurts against San Francisco. He was 15 for 25 for 121 yards. You didn't hear me wrong. He completed 15 passes out of 25 attempts for 121 yards. Yeah, well, but that game, that game's a, an anomaly. He could have been out of that game at the end of the first quarter and they would have rolled to a win. You're right. So let's look at the Giants. 16 for 24, almost identical numbers, for 154 yards. So Not that much and... different. Exactly. And the Giants. No, I mean, just the Giants. He could have been out of the game at halftime and they would have rolled. <laughs> There's that. Right? <laughs> now, those are the only two games he's played since he's got back. So he's only completing about 60% of his passes, and he's averaging less than 15 yards a pass attempt. It's actually for pass completion. He's actually averaging about 10 yards per pass attempt. So the question that, that Charlie Weiss raises is just we haven't seen Jalen Hurts test his shoulder yet because Cinch is right. He hasn't been tested because the teams were really outmatched. But the teams that were outmatched were a team that the Eagles knew like the back of their hand and a team that was on life support two minutes into the game. So maybe I'm just, again, I'm biased. I'm a Chiefs fan. Maybe I'm looking at this long way, but my point of view is like, why are why are we assuming the Eagles are going to win? Why am I hearing so much Eagle love? I haven't seen anything out of Jalen Hurts that says when he gets to third and eight, he's going to make that pass. Well, see, I'll I'll answer your question. I think it's more looking at the matchups, and if someone believes Mahomes is limited running, the Eagles' strength is their defense. They led the league in sacks. If they've got Mahomes where he doesn't have time and he has no receivers, Hurts doesn't have to do too much. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to do some because you're not going to shut out Mahomes. But I think that's why so many people think the Eagles, plus, hey, look at their record. Hey, they, they've rolled all year long. People were saying they're going to go undefeated this year. Mm-hmm. So the story all season long has been how great are the Eagles? And now they're in the Super Bowl. No matter how easy their path to get here was, mm-hmm. they're here. So they must be great. I, and I, I understand that, but I don't think... I've seen very few people give the Chiefs a chance in this game compared to the Eagles, except for like folks on NFL radio. I've heard a lot of, well, I don't know on NFL radio. But if you listen to like The Herd or any of the other talking heads, they're all Eagles, 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 Eagles. I'm not sure... I think this game could. I I think this is actually the closest Super Bowl we've had in a long time, personally. Craig, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it's going to come down to the Eagles. It's going to come down to the Eagles' defense and who they're matched up against. Um, I know, at least like in the Bengals game, I don't know. The Chiefs were very injured in the Bengals when they played the Bengals. Like, even the receiving core was banged up pretty badly. Yeah, very Um, badly. 
it now it's going to be two weeks, so I don't know what their stat like. I don't know how healed they are now, so I think that is going to play a big, a big factor so, into it. So let me interrupt you and give you an update there. Hardman is definitely out. Everybody else is probable or better. No, oh, okay. Um, so that probably means the law office is probably going to have a bigger role in the uh, in their offense. I think. What? What? That's that's that that's going to lead us to our next segment too. If 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 that's if you're cool with that, which is let's talk about prop bets, guys, because you can't have a Super Bowl without prop bets. That's true. <laughs> so I want to lead it out here because there's a couple of prop bets I had never seen before, and I have been betting completely legally since I was about 15 <laughs> years old. 15 year olds are allowed to bet in the state of Connecticut. Trust me on that. Okay. <laughs> The first one is, I saw a bet today called Scorigami. You heard me right. Scorigami. Scorigami is when two teams combine for a total, I'm sorry, for an exact score that has never been seen before in an event. Hmm. For example, when the Seahawks beat the Broncos 43-8 to and Super Bowl 50, no, 48. Something. That was a scoregami because no NFL game had ever finished 43 to 8. Okay. All right. Makes sense. DraftKings is taking bets on this. If the final of this game is a scoregami, meaning it has never happened before, it's plus 2,000. Wow. Would you <laughs> put money on that? Yeah. You know what? The day this year has been, why not? Really? Well, I'll tell you why the answer is no. It, you would have to know what the the total number is. I can't imagine there's that many numbers available for you to win with. Fair. Three to two. <laughs> One nothing. I would love it if the score was three to two. Can you imagine? Oh, my God. We, we would we would all be so bored and drunk. We'd be no, texting, even, would be texting us from the wedding and saying things like, hey, guys, game updates would be a, would be appreciated. And we'd be responding with, like, we'd appreciate them, too. <laughs> no, here here's the score. Two to two, and it goes to overtime. In the second overtime, someone kicks a field goal. Five two. Unbelievable, right? Uh, so just so you know, if you say no, it will not be a scoregami. It's minus 10,000. Oh, why would you do that? So let's, I'm just plugging the numbers in. That means a dollar wins you one dollar and one cent. <laughs> so, free money. Free money. So the other one that was very odd and I wanted to bring up right away before I let you guys talk about some prop bets is an octopus. Have you guys ever heard of an octopus score in the NFL? No. No. Okay, well, I'm going to tell you what it is. An octopus is when a player scores both a touchdown and a two-point conversion on the same drive. Hmm. Hmm. Octopus odds on DraftKings plus 1,400. Would you bet for an octopus? No. I'll throw a dollar at it. (laughs) A do- what's the dollar get you? A dollar get you 15. There you go. <laughs> That'll get you 15. So, right, so those were the two the two prop bets that stuck out to me like crazy. What prop bets are sticking out to you guys? Or what bets are sticking out to you guys in general? Um, 
Since you have any, I have to open up uh, FanDuel. No, really Craig, quick. Craig, Craig, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> well, then you know, while he you opens know, it up, I'll just keep going. No, right, listen, keep going. Listen. So I'm on. I'm on. Um, what am I on? <laughs> I don't know. Where are you I'm on? on FanDuel. I'm on FanDuel. I'm, <laughs> I'm looking at the prop bets on FanDuel, and there's no fun ones. Like octopus? you know, yeah. There's nothing like that. So I'm a little disappointed. I was hoping for something more. Yeah. Oh, well, here's one. The quarterback to throw a touchdown on the first pass. On the That's, first wow. pass? What's the odds? Jalen Hurts is plus 132. Patrick Mahomes no. is minus 162. Minus 162 on this first pass attempt? Yes. That's crazy minus 162. How many times has Patrick Mahomes' line been one for one with a touchdown? Hey, I just found I just found the scoregami and the octopus on FanDuel. Oh, there you go. Oh, you did okay. So scoregami on DraftKings is plus two thousand for a yes. What's it on FanDuel? Plus eighteen hundred. Oh, you gotta bet DraftKings better odds. Okay, here you go. <laughs> just so you know, so Super Bowl MVP, right? Usually oh, yeah, it's a quarterback. Haven't there yet. It's the quarterback, but if we scroll all the way down, <laughs> Gardner Minshew. No, no, no. Like all the way down. Jake Elliott is plus 28,000, and so is Harrison Bucker. Wow. <laughs> Shit. All right, we're going to come back to that in a second. Since I want to hear the octopus odds on FanDuel. Oh, see, you should have said something. Uh, okay, wait, here it is. Uh, it's plus 1,900. Okay, so if you're going to, it's only plus 1,400 on DraftKings. Oh, I'm so- sorry, 1,300. Okay, so you're, you're betting DraftKings if you want to go score a comedy octopus, friends. I'm just saying. Just saying. All right, so MVP. I do want to get to MVP because I did see that. Hold on. I'm looking for it. Awards. <laughs> I I actually, so since you weren't there on Sunday, but after I was like three beers in, I was looking at potentially doing a lineup in DraftKings for like a captain's lineup. And for a half a heartbeat, I thought about setting Gardner Minshew as my captain. <laughs> Uh, he's plus so, 15,000 for MVP, by the way. That's where I'm going with this. <laughs> Gardner Minshew, I'm looking for him right now on the list. Or where are you on DraftKings? Uh, FanDuel. He's plus 15,000 on DraftKings, too. So $1 on Gardner Minshew MVP pays $151. Okay, like, really, qu- really quick side thing, though. Do you realize, due to the hit, due to the injuries both of these starting quarterbacks have had, do you realize there is a chance that this Super Bowl ends with the quarterbacks being Gardner Minshew and Chad Henney? Like, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. <laughs> so the third, middle of third quarter, both backups are in, and yeah. So the other part of this is with the Super Bowl MVP, and I want to hear from Cinch in a second who he thinks the MVP will be. I didn't need to ask our contributor, Sean, who he thought it would be. Because I also saw right underneath Gardner Minshew at plus 15,000 was Ronald Jones. <laughs> and we all know Sean has a, a torrid love affair with Ronald Jones. He is a Ronald Jones truther. That, that, that survives the ages. It's like a romance novel from the 18th century. So, so, so all right, so Cinch. And by the way, just a quick reminder before I throw it to Cinch. I actually nailed the MVP last year. If you have not heard the story, I was sitting on the couch drunk off my ass, and I saw Cooper Cup standing on the, the platform, and I went ape shit. It's like, Cooper Cup's going to win. Cooper Cup's going to win. My wife's like, what the hell are you on about? I'm like, 
two dollars at Cooper's Cup. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yeah, and it did. I won thirty bucks on that that bet for two dollars. I was very excited. So let's let's go around the room. I want I want everybody to tell me a realistic MVP bet and a reach. And I'm happy to go first if you guys want a second to think about uh, it. Go ahead. You can go first. My, my realistic is Travis Kelsey. Plus 1,200, it, it sounds like a lot. And yes, quarterbacks win it 99% of the time. But if any chief is going to win it that's not Patrick Mahomes, it's Kelsey. All right. So well, that being said, Patrick is the warrior right now because he's hurting. Uh, look at this guy. He's like Willis Reed. <laughs> so if, if a chief's going to win, it's probably Mahomes. But Kelsey would be my safer bet, and Gardner Minshew would be my reach. Okay. All right. What do you got, like Craig? Um, probably, my, I guess the safe bet, like you said, would be Patrick Mahomes. Grant, okay, so really, realistically speaking, no matter which team wins, I feel like the quarterback is going to be the MVP. <laughs> probably right. Um, The other two I would pick, like, just to... You know, just to throw it out there, my reach would probably be Dallas Goddard on on uh, Fanduel. He's plus six thousand, but he was one of the better tight ends the entire season. So, you know, fifty five hundred on DraftKings. So want to want to throw it out there, like probably him. Um, has a running back ever won it? Oh yes, like in Hold recent on. memory. I'm Yes, I mean it's like, been um, what's his name, Terrell Davis. Terrell Davis but other than what's him, recent, yeah, you're you're talking '90s would be probably the earliest. You mean um, you mean Terrell Dav- Davis wasn't like last year or two years ago? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll let Cinch answer. I'm going to go down the list. Cinch, let's hear your answer. And I'm going to go down the list and find out where we can find a running back. The obvious pick is a quarterback. So right. pick whoever, whichever team you think is going to win. You know Their what? Quarterback would be put, MVP. Yeah, put five bucks on both. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> if, if you want to make a little money, if you want to take a chance, you could go with Hassan Reddick or Chris Jones. So Reddick is Chris plus, Jones hmm. plus thirty four hundred. Chris Jones plus five thousand. If you imagine this game as a seventeen seventeen type game, and one team is coming down near the end and they've got it in field goal position there and they're ready to go. A big sack, strip, fumble, recovered. The other team gets it, kicks the field goal to win. That guy could end up being the MVP because if it's low scoring, the quarterbacks didn't do much. You know, throw in a guy with, you know, two or three sacks, a forced fumble. That's how a guy like that gets MVP. Yeah. So, okay, before I jump back in here, the last running back to win MVP was Terrell Davis in Super Bowl 32. Since Terrell, just to Cinch's point and, and Craig's point about how quarterbacks always win it, Tom Brady has won five MVPs since the last time a running back won. Not just quarterbacks, Tom Brady specifically has won five MVPs That's since my the guy. last time a running back won. <laughs> so Let's go! Totally overrated. Don't believe he's retired. Listen, nope. I, I have patriots who have documents in the basement of a pizza parlor who tell you that Tom Brady is not actually retired. His plan is to sit out till week 10 to come in and lead the Washington Commanders to a Super Bowl victory. Okay, I'm done. I don't believe he's a human being, but that's besides the point. Oh, he's a lizard person. There's no question. How many games does Tua play, and at what time does Brady take over for Tua? 
3 and 6.54 p.m. of the night game on that, like, week four. There you go. <laughs> Done. <laughs> there it is. There it is. It's on It's on record. It's on record. Eli Manning has won two court MVPs since the last time a running back won. Now, the funny part is that before Terrell Davis, like, four years before that, it was Emmett Smith. And then two years or three years before Emmett Smith was Otis Anderson. So there was a string where it was all running backs and quarterbacks for the most part. We had Larry Brown one year. We had Desmond Howard one year. But for a long time, running backs were giving quarterbacks a run for their money. That ended 20 years ago. See, that was the game that I grew up watching. It was mm-hmm. defense. It was, yep. we're going to run the ball. We're going to run the ball. We're going to run the ball. We're going to make believe we're going to pass it, but we're going to run it. That's what I remember. That's why everybody would draft a, a running back and say, okay, we've got the guy. We're set. Right. Now, the way the rules have changed. There's no more running no back by committee. <laughs> yeah, they could, they could, anybody could be running back now. If yeah, we block just, it right, you could run it. You'll be fine. Which is why the only bet you could put on MVP is $1 on Boston Scott. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, he's not playing the Giants. That's right. There's that. There's <laughs> he's plus he's plus twenty thousand. It's a two hundred dollar payoff. So okay, so that's all right. So that's the MVP kind of discussion there. Um, I did place a bet earlier tonight, and I don't know if I can find it now. It was a parlay bet. It would so what DraftKings is doing is they'll give you a list of um, where is it? Hybrid parlays. I can't find it now. It was a list of like they'll give you three players and two of them have to score a touchdown. And one of them was Travis Kelsey, Boston Scott and Patrick Mahomes. And the odds were huge because Boston Scott only scores touchdowns against the Giants. (laughs) That is true. So I took it because I'm like, even if Boston Scott doesn't come through, there's a realistic chance that if Patrick is healthy enough and Travis, they they could score. But that was that was actually where I went with it. Just in general, outside, we've talked about the weirdo props. We've talked about a little bit of the. What is there a prop bet that, or, or a particular bet in general? It doesn't even have to be a prop bet. Is there a bet you're looking at that you're just like, man, that looks really good to me? Hmm. I'll go question. ahead, Greg. Go ahead. I like the national anthem over two minutes, and I think it's two seconds. Oh, yeah. I think that's going to go over. Yep. Usually they, they kind of pause in there, they get the. The extra little, uh, there's a, there's a, a word or a phrase for it where they have that that moment of silence in the middle of the song, mm-hmm. and then they continue. They always do that, so I would definitely take the over. You're not so, getting great odds. Yeah. I so here's here's the thing, and, and this is why I'm leaning towards the under. Thousands of years ago, <laughs> Whitney Houston did one of the longest national anthems of all time. 45 minutes. It felt like it. (laughs) And I remember seeing a prop bet for that. Again, bet legally. And (laughs) I put put a couple bucks on that that she was going to go over. And that over-under was like a minute 25 seconds. And I'm like, Whitney Houston doesn't walk to the podium in under a minute and 25 seconds. She's a very deliberate artist. She was two minutes and 15 seconds. And she was one of the longest of all time. So when I see 202, I'm like, nah. who's actually singing the National Anthem this year? Do we know? Yeah, uh, Chris Stapleton. Who is it? 
Country singer Chris, Chris Stapleton. Stapleton. Oh, he wants to get the hell out of there. He's not going <laughs> to drag this out. No, you know, yeah, he, he's like a... saying Tennessee whiskey, and then he, but he he wrote a lot of songs. He's he's really good. He On is a good. Side note: he's I'm good. a country fan. Why don't we ever get the country act for the halftime show? I, I don't know. I'm not I'm not a mainstream country because fan you're person. one of only. Because you're one of only 22 country fans in the entire state, entire country, rather. That, that's the reason. <laughs> no, no, no. There's a lot of red states. We all like country. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I know where I am in the, in the country, <laughs> in the state. Not that many people care, but I don't know. I mean, uh, well, I don't know. Chris Stables is more, he's star. like, he's a songwriter. He wrote a, he wrote a lot of songs. Um, so. But know. he's won a lot of Emmys and uh, not Emmys, uh, Grammys. What are they? Grammys. Grammys thank you. He, he's. I mean, who knows? Maybe he won an Emmy. Um, <laughs> I mean, maybe. I don't know. I have to look it up. I, I, I haven't followed his career. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> I just think uh, I can't think of who is who would be the country guy. I don't know. Yeah. Would it be like a Tim McGraw? You know, like somebody like Blake Shell. I don't know. Who in a blowfish? Well, yeah. Um, well, Darius Rucker, he's the country guy. I'm true, just saying, true. is there is there a country act that could headline the Super Bowl halftime and it would get people that don't care about country to say, well, this might be interesting. Or maybe they watch it and say, that was pretty good. That wasn't bad. Did, didn't Garth Brooks do it? I'm not did. saying he didn't do it, but I don't remember. I'll be, I'll be honest. I don't generally pay attention to the halftime show. I paid. I paid attention to the Dr. Dre one. That was entertaining, but generally yeah. speaking, I have not paid attention to it. <laughs> do, do you want a quick trivia question to stump your friends and win a free beer whenever you can? Because this actually did win a free beer one time. Sure. You ready? Sure. Free beer. Who holds the record? What group or artist holds the record for the most Super Bowl halftime appearances? Prince and the reason the reason why the reason why it's worth a beer is because you're never going to get it. And the answer is up with people. <laughs> what? They're an L.A. based. They're an L.A. based musical performance group that has done like seven Super Bowls because they did like five of them in the 60s and 70s when it was new. Huh. No one else would do it then. <laughs> it, it wasn't it wasn't a pull. It wasn't a pull then. I'm looking backwards, by the way, through the list. Shania Twain, do you count her as country? Yeah, she's country. 2003. I love her. I'd leave my wife for her. Don't tell my wife. I don't need problems. <laughs> but that's that's about it. But yeah, so 20 years people, ago. Yeah. Up with people did uh is is the the lead the I mean like when you start going backwards, it starts to get really wicky. Like 1997 was the Blues Brothers. Hmm. Um Patty LaBelle with Indiana Jones. How the hell did they pull that off? Uh, 1994 <laughs> was Clint Black with Travis Tritt and the Judds and Tanya Tucker. Well, there you go. That's all country. Um, New Kids on the Block with Disney characters. I'm glad I wiped <laughs> that from my memory. I don't remember uh, that. When you, what year was wait, that? What year was that? <laughs> that was 1991. Okay, it was, it was a was, tribute to was 25 the, years of the Super Bowl. It was a, was it was that, a small was that world. The Bills? Was that, that a was Bills a, Super Bowl? Bills Giants? I, I, I don't know. Honestly, <sighs> don't know. Super Bowl 25. But some are really, really bad. Like, okay, so New Kids did it, and then the week, year before that was Pete Fountain, Doug Kershaw, and the Nichols State University Marching Band. 
That was 1990, and it just gets worse from there. Uh, Chubby Checker in 1988. <laughs> George Burns and Mickey Rooney. What was that? <laughs> 1987. Up with people made up with people there. By the way, a that lot was of, the uh, the new kids on the block. That was the wide right. The the Giants beating the Bills. Oh, Super sad. Bowl. Well, so there you go. Every time the new kids play the Super Bowl, something bad happens. And <laughs> the Bills lose. <laughs> the Bills lose every time. And you know it's funny because there's this gap, and then you get really back like 1972. Ella Fitzgerald with Carol Channing. That's not tremendously bad. I don't bad. even know what that is. You don't know who Carol Channing is? <laughs> no, I know who it is. Oh. I just can't understand why that would be the halftime show. They did They did a rendition of Mac the Knife together. Oh, my God, that's awesome. It was a salute to Louis Armstrong. But anyway, okay. 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 All right, gentlemen, we are just about out of time, believe it or not. Sad. So you Sad. know what we got to end with, right? Before our final thoughts, we got to make our predictions for Super Bowl 57. Let's start with Craig. Craig, give me a, a winner and a final score. Um, wow, wow. I feel I feel weird. I don't know. See, I'm biased. I can't. It's rough. I'm gonna go. I don't tell with it. I'll go with the Eagles, thirty-seven, thirty-four. Okay, you're wrong, Cinch. <laughs> <laughs> well, seventy this points. One, yes, this, this is a tough one. This is a tough one to predict for me. Both teams, I think, are somewhat evenly matched up. Both quarterbacks are kind of off. They're they're both injured. It it's a really even matchup, I think. Mm-hmm. So looking at everything for me, it comes down to experience. You got the Chiefs have the coach that's been there, the quarterback that's been there. The Eagles don't have that. So I think in the end, as long as Andy Reid doesn't step on his own, yeah, and do an Andy Reid, mm-hmm. I think the Chiefs win a close game. And that's why you're correct. What's the final 26-24. Okay. The final score, I'm opening another beer. The final score <laughs> in this game is Chiefs 24, Eagles 18. It is not as close as it sounds. I think it's going to be a lower scoring game than most people think. That's where we're going to go with it. So now we're on to final thoughts. Cinch, what's your final thought going into the very last meaningful game of the year? What's your final thought? Here's my final thought. Two things jump to mind right off the bat. The Bills. I'm still stuck on the Bills. They have so much talent, mm-hmm. but they're just broken. They're they're built incorrectly. They they play a speed game in up in, in western Pennsylvania, up there where it's cold weather. They just need to they need to change their entire dynamic. Western New York, you mean, right? Yeah, what did I say? Pennsylvania. Well, it's all the oh, same. Did he? I, didn't, I missed that, too. <laughs> they, they play where it's really cold when it's cold out. So they should have a power rushing game and a defense. But anyway, mm-hmm. who cares about the Bills? They're not here. <laughs> and if they were here, they would lose. So, wow. 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 <laughs> Bold. Hey, when the Bills win a Super Bowl, I'll give them credit for something. Fair. <laughs> so my final thought... It's 49 days till opening day. Baseball's coming <laughs> to save us all. That's my final thought. I love it. Craig, your final <laughs> thought going to the Super Bowl 57. Uh, my final thought is I can't wait to send Cinch the Family Guy Mets opening day video. Um, when it, when That's it happens. Not nice. <laughs> it's, it's funny. Um, but really, uh, thank, I just want to say thank you for joining us for another season. Uh, yes. As always... 
it's always fun. Um, you know, didn't didn't work out for me this season and in multiple in multiple ways, but it, it was still fun. And I think going back to what Britt said before, I think uh, for the first time in many seasons, I think the AFC is in a good, a very good spot with the quarterbacks who are in charge of their team. Um, mm. They've shown great leadership, even even uh, Bill Lawrence. Also, I think he has. A he has a great um, he has a great career ahead of him as well. So I think right. um, the NFL and the AFC is in a very good spot, and uh, I look forward really. to seeing what happens. Big hey, can Willie I jump Lawrence. in for a second? Sure. Can, can I have a little bit of compassion thrown my way? My team hasn't won a Super Bowl in four years now, oh, sweet and Jesus. we're really <laughs> feeling the pain. It's been a long drought, and you know there's no sign of hope in the future. So. I'm just saying. <laughs> and as Cinch says this, our contributor Sean hmm. has a seizure on the couch <laughs> because this team has made one Super Bowl in his lifetime. I'm sorry, two, two, because the '85 Bears. But he is he cannot remember the '85 Super Bowl because he was a youngin, and <laughs> he, he's 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 having a seizure, and his wife is like, "Oh my God, call 911! Why is this happening?" <laughs> and he is just writhing on the couch, going, "Jay, Jay." It's not your fault, Jay. It's not your fault, Jay. <laughs> hey, you know what? In that Super Bowl, I think going into the halftime, the Bears were in the lead. They were. They and were. If you could, if you could switch the result of any Super Bowl that your team wasn't in, if the Bears won that game, what's Peyton Manning's legacy? Because he would only have won with the Broncos when he couldn't throw a ball 10 yards. He, he would be the second best Manning brother in the Super Bowl, yes. Yes. Without without discussion, right? Because he'd only have one. Absolutely, yeah. And the one he got, it like if we're saying he didn't beat the Bears, the one he got, he got as a tag-along. He wasn't leading them to victory. Right. So, so, so just that segues into my final thought. My final thought is that one of the things I love about football is that it's competitive even when it's not competitive. I did not watch the Pro Bowl. But what I did what I did watch was the recap the day after, I think it was on USA Today, in which the final play of the last game came down to a kneel down. And Peyton Manning, who lost that game as the coach of the AFC, immediately sprinted down the sideline and started screaming, that's a flag. That's a flag because one of the rules was you can't rush. And we, we talked about this before we came on the air, but rushing, but a kneel down is technically a rushing attempt for minus one yard. Mm-hmm. Even when it's just, I want bragging rights against my little brother. <laughs> these guys are competitors. And, and, and Peyton can't win the big game. And Peyton can't win the big game. Eli Manning, Eli Manning's the giant killer. He always has been. Yeah. Always has been. Eli Manning will lose to the Dallas Cowboys with Craig as the quarterback, 37 to 10. But if you put him in a Super Bowl, he's a giant killer. We don't we don't get it. I just it's it's bizarre. And the rest of the time, he was the Giants quarterback throwing interceptions and still being the Giants killer. Confused. Yeah, exactly. No matter how you slice it, he's a giant killer. You can be a giant killer yourself. You know how you can do that? You can by leaving us a review on whatever podcast directory you found us on. I, we're on so many different directories now, I don't even keep track anymore. I'm not even sure which directory we are, we are on in Malta, 
But thank you, Malta, for listening. Thank you. But definitely leave us a review. It helps us tremendously. We also really want to appreciate everybody who listens to us week after week. Deb. Hi, Deb. Hi, Deb. That's become kind of a constant meme for us. Uh, but we really appreciate you joining us on this crazy ride. Gentlemen, the end of another season. One more game. I never gave... I did get my prediction, right? Yes, I did. Okay. So we're good there. I'm on my third beer. I don't even know what's going on anymore. So um, I want to thank Cinch for joining us for our Super Bowl Spectacular. Well, thank you. It's my pleasure. I wish Sean could have joined us, except he probably just saw the text message saying, hey, are you coming on tonight about five minutes ago? Probably. That's on him. But we will be back. I will probably take next week off just because. But we'll no, you got to come back next week so you can talk about the Super Bowl. <laughs> I, I, I'm waiting for the Sean Cinch episode where Craig and I you know just what? sit here smoking I'll cigars. Do, I'll do that. I'll just hit record and let it go. See, the problem is I'll do that and I'll say, Sean, what do you think? And Sean didn't get the text message. <laughs> what? Huh? I, I'm sorry. I, I was looking at my fo- My wife was calling me. What? what? No, it'll just be dead air because he didn't respond and he's not there. And, and then I'll ramble for 25 minutes or so. And it will still be one of the best episodes we've ever produced. So <laughs> thank you, everybody. We will be back in the next couple of weeks. We look forward to a great off season of giving you guys more material and setting up for what's going to be another season of the Football Fig Nuts podcast. Until we speak again, my name is Britt. I'm Craig. Trade Mac Jones. all right right, i'm okay that's cinch and this is the thing oh god damn it somebody else close (laughs) the end (laughs) this has been the football thick nuts podcast Uh, good night everybody mac jones trade him